Hello and welcome to season four, episode nine of Dualist Community. I am not really trying to get anywhere anymore. And I've found that that shift in, in trying to get somewhere, trying to get myself somewhere to letting go of myself and really just focusing my attention on, on how deeply attentive I can be to this moment has been one of the most transformative shifts I've ever made. And, and I don't know, recently I've been chewing on that one a lot and may feel like that's kind of a lot of what it comes down to just how attentive can you be here now? How much can I let go of needing to get myself anywhere other than where I'm at? And by that, I would like to add that I am just an extension of your will, dear listener, and Andrew, and of course our guest today. And I mean that, not, not your will in what you want or what you fear or what you need, but your will in what you already are. Because that's really all you are, is will here in the moment. And you might use your thoughts and you might use your narrative as justification for why you do what you do, but that's not the all of why you do what you do. You do what you do because you're a part of everything else and everything else is a part of you and we all inform each other. And that's all that's important about this. And so I just wanna say, I'm so very excited to be an extension of everything that you are because it's what's making all of this possible. All that said, we're going to have a few announcements and we're going to get onto the conversation with our dear friend Scott today. Um, of course, the April retreat is coming up April 1st to April 9th. We have two tickets remaining and that's all. Aside from that, we have the Netherlands retreat coming up on November 11th to a November 19th. Tickets are available for that to our tier two and tier three patrons at the moment. Public access will be in about two weeks. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, we have a workshop coming up. February 4th and 5th on dating and relationships. This is going to be a lot of fun. We had a recent workshop on authentic coaching and relationship building. This is going to take that and really apply it to your romantic relationships. Dating, being single, getting into a relationship, getting out of a relationship, whatever it might be. This workshop is all about that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There's two hours of presentation and an hour of Q&A each day. It'll be Saturday and Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, that's it. All the business stuff out of the way. We can get to the episode. I am so excited to say that we have Scott Gazzoli with us of the Causing the Effect podcast. Uh, he has been here more than once. Actually, we've talked to Scott a number of times on his podcast and on ours. He's a dear friend of the show. He has been very encouraging for us since we started this path 17 months ago. And so we are stoked to have him here. How the fuck are you, Scott? Yo, what's up, you motherfuckers? You serious? This is this is real now. We're doing this. Um, I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me. And I love seeing the effect these guys have had, the realest in the business. And yo, could I just say I'm coming to the Netherlands now? I want to put this out there. Is that, could I just, I'm coming to that, whatever oh, yeah. that is. November 11th, sign me up. Let's do it. I can finally come to one because um, I was looking for it. It's so funny you guys said this. I said I want to go to one of the Scandinavian countries. I don't know if that counts, but Netherlands sounds close enough uh, at the end of November, December. And now I'm coming. That's it. That's it. I just now I just do shit. And everything you guys said to start this with getting just being like, I hate that I have to go through like a month of suffering to figure it out always. And there's always a story. And I just see Andrew's stupid face saying it every day. I'm like, God damn it. It's not this. I can't do that. I got to like I got to do the whole circle of struggling. And now I'm feeling pretty in the moment today. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling good. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. The pendulum swings. 
It always does. And, and as much as I may, you know, recognize it often, I also don't. I also get caught up in shit all the fucking time. And if anyone, you know, Scott, anyone listening has this perception of me that I always just am where I'm at and don't go through loads of self-created suffering throughout my life, you got it all wrong. I go through it no differently than I always have. I think it's just really the the weight that I give it and the the finality of it, I think, is what it really comes down to. It used to be this thing, this fear came along with it, like, oh, is this ever going to end? Is this going to last forever? How, how, how long am I going to endure this? And it, it's more so just an awareness and a recognition that a lot of the things are me bringing myself into... The situation, my idea of myself, what does this situation mean about me? What, a, what is what I'm going through right now mean about me? Is it raising my value? Is it lowering my value? I want my value to be raised. And, and so therefore I fear that it may be lowered. And so it, it's really come down to letting go of thinking that my value can be raised, that the fear of it being lowered has gone away as well. But I absolutely fluctuate, you know, what, what's clarity without some suffering, you know, you wouldn't really appreciate it so much. <laughs> so it's been more of like, Compared to, let's say, when you were younger doing this, you've really, you acknowledge that feeling more and that allows you to kind of let it sift through more. Cause this is the, the issue I was having. Is like, I, I'm a, I guess I'm sort of aware with it. Like, I know it's the moment, but I just couldn't get myself. It was just too sticky almost. And I feel like that's my issue. It sticks for a month or two and then something happens and you kind of kick yourself out of it. What do you guys take to do that now? You're, you're acknowledging it and you're letting it move through you more? Uh, I think I, I see the necessity in it i've come to almost appreciate the the getting caught up in the shit a little bit um i think if anything it's come down for me to a lack of resistance to wherever i'm at it it allows that processing that inevitable necessary processing to just happen with a little bit less friction it's not to say that it it goes away like snap of the finger but getting caught up in the shit informs the clarity and deepens your experience and provides you with the ability to experience empathy. You know, if I had never gone through any shit, any psychological suffering in my life, I'd have no way to connect with people. Be like, what do you mean you're, you're suffering? You know, you don't have to do that. It's like, oh no, I, I see why you're doing that. It makes total sense. And so it informs everything that I do. So now, you know, being able to look back on my life and see the necessity of that suffering going forward as I get caught up in shit, it's not so much that I, that it's like this objectively bad thing. It's like, it's not necessary. And and I notice that more quickly now, but I see the value in it. And, and I appreciate that, that it allows me to then resonate with people more deeply. If I didn't have that, it would be very, very difficult. It would make empathizing and, and resonating with people a lot more difficult so going through it is is what what you learn from it's how you learn it's how you grow and change and shift and so with that changing and and shifting like there's going to be ups and downs along that process and so it, it's not so much a judgment of oh am i going through a high am i going through a low do i want to get out of this low it's like you start to just kind of ride ride the lulls a little bit more as opposed to thinking they shouldn't be as much yeah i'd say it, it doesn't mean anything about you i think that's really the problem with the ups and downs because you'll notice like life is always ups and downs and sometimes you'll actually do it to yourself 
willingly because you want to challenge. You know, for example, like you, you have a good career, you have a good job. All of a sudden you're like, I'd like to podcast. I'd like to start doing stand-up comedy. I'd like to challenge myself this way and that way and that way. And it's because you see the value in it. But it's when the challenge comes along that we would prefer wasn't there. When it actually does hit our triggers, when it hits all those things that make us uncomfortable and it shakes us and we're not just voluntarily going, I want to do that, that we resist it and it sucks. And it sucks more or less because of our preferences and our opinion more than anything else, because it is what it is. It's not what we think it is. And as soon as we start dealing with what we think it is, we're no longer dealing with the problem. We're just perpetuating it because we're holding on to it. Right. It's like trying to cope with anxiety by thinking about your anxiety, which just builds your anxiety. You can't do it. You actually have to relax past the point where you're wrestling with the problem, because often the problem that you're wrestling with internally is the result of resistance and confusion and stress and tension and all of that stuff. And so if you can address that, it's like um, I think I've said this to you before. My daughter's homeschooled and every once in a while she'll hit a point in math where she gets frustrated and she can't do the math problem. Soon she's frustrated. And so we've identified frustration is the problem. It's not the math. It's the frustration. Walk away, get rid of the frustration, then come back. And the problem just disappears. But it's the mentality that we're, we're tackling it with. If we can change it to, yeah, I've got this and it'll be done as soon as I tackle it, we learn a lot more from it. I went through this process the last couple of months of like, listen, will you give me that you know, that Jordan Peterson voluntary suffering. I could crush that. Go, Scott, go sit in the shower for a minute. All right, that's easy. All this stuff is, is a joke. But then the second, I, the second, the, the, like things happen that I didn't expect, these things that really are out of my hands, not me even messing up, deaths, cancers, this, I was like, oh, I'm not the man I thought I was. Like, there's some fear here. There's some, hum I would say humility is like really what I learned. I, I have to do still. Like, so that's probably one of my big issues. Like, you're not, as cool as you think you are not as you don't get it all together as you think and that's like i think when things are really when your back is up against the wall and you're getting everything thrown at you that's when you get to see who you really are like, oh you get another life lesson to work on and that's what i think it's what i've learned is like the perspective like the obstacle is the way almost where you have to it's not about even the issue it's about how you're perceiving the issue and what your act like how your relationship is with the issue Absolutely. We were talking about this today, about the value of those moments of stillness or silence when you're just left with your shit and there's no distraction and you have to face what your relationship is with existence as a whole. How much are you carrying? How uncomfortable are you? How fidgety are you? How anxious are you? How uncertain? All that stuff. And it's always in that moment of silence, in that moment of stillness that we avoid almost all the time. But that's where you realize how much work you still have to do, right? Because that's your life, those moment-to-moment -moment experiences. It's not about the high-minded concepts. It's not about these discussions, although that all helps. It really comes down to what are you learning to bring back with you to that moment of stillness where you're just left with yourself. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's realizing like very rawly in those situations that you don't have a say over. It's like the recognition, oh, I'm not in control. Oh, I, I never have been because in those sort of mentalities, you know, the Jordan Peterson, the David Goggins, it's like a controlled suffering almost that absolutely can prepare you for the uncontrolled suffering, but it's not quite the same. And I'm even thinking of I've talked a couple of times about um, getting back into like cold showers, but like actually just making it really cold to start. And just <laughs> I, I laugh now because. I was seeing that just as basically as an opportunity to 
recognize that it's something that's uncomfortable and kind of willingly face it. But it's like that has value to a point, but it's but it's a very limited point because it very quickly becomes a preference kind of like after the second time that you do it, because I, I sort of realized like I do get a benefit from it. Like I feel better about myself after. And so it's not to say that there's anything wrong with it, but doing things for the sake of, of getting something out of it still isn't really allowing yourself to dive head first into that lack of control. So it, it's like a constant letting go of that and just not to say like avoid your preferences, but have some wherewithal around them and, and be aware of what you think you're getting out of it. Almost if that, if that, no, dude, I sense. went through this in my brain and because I was like, what am I doing this for? Like, are we, am I a health nut that's trying to like do, okay, cool. If you're that person, that's fine. But like, or am I just feeding my ego here so I could tell people I thought I could did the shower for a minute, like a samurai, like get over yourself, Scott. This is what happened to me like last week. I was like, what, why are you doing this? Cause you're doing it for the, not the right, you're doing like, you're doing it for the right reason up to an extent, like how you said, to a point. But as far as that goes, you're just feeding the ego. And that's like where I've been living in the, I've living in the inner world, reading a lot of Carl Jung, a lot of archetype stuff, a lot of shadow work I've been doing of breaking down the persona, the ego, the self, the shadow, the anima animus and living there. And like, you re you realize these, these points, like, like you're just trying to prove something through all this, the self-help stuff. When, when you start, I just started shifting, doing the things that I do just to do them, my meditation reading just to, just to do it. And it changed the way everything worked. Like when you're trying to read a book to get an insight, the insight never comes because you're trying to figure it out. It's like, where's this insight? And I just let go of all that this month. And it's like, wow, you fucking dummy. You just had to let go of it. I love how counterintuitive it is, right? Yeah. I always compare it to one of those finger puzzles where you're like, you keep pulling, but you have to push. You have to do the exact opposite thing that you do you want to do based on your panic and your stress and your need to solve that problem as fast as possible. Yeah, it really comes back to just doing doing the things for the thing, like thinking about meditation brought up. I I don't so much anymore. I think I might actually because get back into it a little bit because when I do it here and there, I really do enjoy it. And and there's sort of a part of me, kind of like a habit I've built over the years that I think is super common is just if you're not if you're not doing something productive, you don't feel like you feel like you should be doing something else other than what you're doing. And, and so like, there's a, there's an aspect of allowing yourself to not be productive that has, you know, quote unquote, not productive as if we know what fucking being productive even means at the end of the day, we have this idea of what productivity is. And so we try and fill that perception or perspective of productivity with doing things and growth for you in the moment and you by you, I mean, me could be allowing yourself to feel like you're not being productive and in the discomfort that arises from not feeling like you're being productive, there's an opportunity to become comfortable in discomfort. Cause if you become comfortable with what you've known, you know, you become comfortable with doing cold showers, like don't let yourself do it <laughs> or take warm showers or just stop fucking thinking about what anything means about you so much and so it always everything as much as 
for so long and in, in our society, we're trying to get somewhere. Really, the place we're trying to get is being able to live in a place where we're not trying to get anywhere. Like we're doing the thing for the thing. And like that's that's the end is, is not doing anything differently, but doing it with a different intention, doing it without the overlaid idea that this is going to get me somewhere that I'm not because right now I'm not enough. And if right now you don't think you're enough, there's no place that you can get that's going to solve that until you recognize that you are enough here now. So it's just about letting go. There's something again that works against us there, though, and I think it's because we oversimplify things. And what I mean is that I've worked with so many people over the years who want to get to a point where they're quote unquote happy. That's not a constant state. That's not a plateau that you get to and you never leave. Like life isn't about being happy. Life is about being the full spectrum. And the happiness that you're looking for is the lack of resistance to that spectrum, right? When you're having a bad day going, it's not a bad day, it's just challenging. It doesn't mean anything about me. I just got to put more attention in. You see how there's no narrative there? You're like, I can just change how I'm reacting to it and that will change how it goes. It doesn't mean anything about you. That's the point. It's just that. It's not that you're looking for any one state to be in. You're not running from anything because as soon as you're running from a feeling, it gets worse. As soon as you're scared of dying, that fear amplifies, right? And that's the whole point is that if you're not resisting the fact that occasionally you're going to be unhappy, occasionally you're going to be uncomfortable, occasionally you're going to feel frustrated, occasionally you're going to have expectations. As long as you're not resisting any of that, you have more chance of learning from it. That's really all it is. But as soon as you have an opinion about it, then you're just dealing with your opinion, which means you can't actually learn from the experience because your experience is predominantly your opinion. That, that shifts. How did, you, how did you make that shift, Ray, from it being a personal thing with the persona, the ego, to moving it to just being, eh, just a day? I almost killed myself. <laughs> Admittedly, it drove me right to rock bottom numerous times. And so when I finally did have that aha moment, I'm not what I think I am. That was all I needed. It was like having a breath of air after years of suffocating and drowning. It was all I needed. And I never lost it after that. Just the recognition, I'm not what I think. That what I think actually is a weight that draws me out of the present where I feel free and alive and at my best. I never lost that because I spent so long underneath what felt like just dozens and dozens and dozens of blankets made of fucking lead. Like there was nothing in my life that felt like I could move or that it was free or that I could breathe, nothing. It was just darkness and weight all the time. And so once that was gone, that was it. It was just like Plato's cave. I had seen the light. There was nothing else for me. And, and so every time I got dropped, I became drawn back into it. I was very aware of it. It's kind of like we were saying in the episode about alcohol. For me, because I was a raging alcoholic for a long time, I still drink, but it doesn't have any sway on me anymore. And the reason it doesn't have any sway on me is because I recognize that alcohol reinforces the mentality that created my hell. So every time I have a drink, and I mean that, every time I take a sip in my brain, I go, that's one step closer to hell. And so I walk very carefully. It's not that I don't go down that road because there's some cool shit down that road every once in a while. It's a fun conversation. You play some pool, do some karaoke, whatever, right? But the farther I go, 
the more I start to lose myself. And I know that, and it's not something I'm willing to lose anymore because I've gone down that road so many times. It's really the only way to learn is to pound your face against that wall. Yeah. So this is, I tried this test when I was having a drink per drink the last time, three weeks ago when I had it. And I just kept, I, I had like a certain similar revelation, but it was more like, like, oh, you're, be it was just not good. Cause I was like, oh, you know, you don't want to become that guy, but you also feel like that's part of your persona that you have to become this guy. You have to become this character of the great Scott and you have to pull the women and you have to do this thing. I'm like, what the fuck? And it was like both of these things, like you shouldn't do it, but at the same point, no, you got to become, you got to become him. And that whole process was just, that helped the, the downward spiral as well. But it, it was a, it was a very, I don't know. It was just interesting. I never really, you're not thinking that much as you're drinking, but I think that was part of the road of figuring out like, this is not the way almost. Alcohol works against you. We said, we said this in the last community topics episode about alcohol specifically that it makes you more physical than any other drug. So it immediately draws you back into like your most primal egotistical forces about, you know, trying to be valuable, trying to have a certain sense of control, trying to know where you are in the pecking order, all that fun stuff. And so as soon as you're drinking, all of those conscious thoughts that you have the rest of the time, they start to get drowned out by your body going, but we have needs. And so try and keep that in mind, like alcohol is going to fuck with you that way. It always will. I do the same thing. Like as soon as I have a few too many drinks, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to act like an ass. And it's just because I'm not, a, I'm not aware of it. I'm not sensitive enough, right? I'm too lost in my body and everything I'm feeling that I, I'm not in that state where I can have consideration for everything else, right? But there's, there's no way around it. And it's not something necessarily you need to tell yourself, like, I shouldn't be that. I don't want to be that guy. Just recognize that you have a tendency of being. What did you guys, what were you guys, you guys were drunk during that episode? Did you end up, I, saw, I know you were drinking during it. Did you end up getting drunk? Um, no, we didn't get drunk. Ray had, Ray had a nice fat glass of wine. I had a pretty decent pour of whiskey. I probably had, you know, maybe two drinks worth in it and we got pretty close to finishing them, but it was interesting because it definitely did impact our ability to have the conversation. Like by the end there, there was a number of times where I'm like, fuck, where am I, where am I going? To? And it, it was, we were not able to flow basically is what it came down to. Like in these episodes, we've gotten so used to being like, not not like clear, but clear minded without the the impact of something like alcohol that we, we've gotten. And it was weird because we were kind of like tapping in and out of that. And we we're like, what is this thing that's holding me back <laughs> from wrecking, like just being in this flow and not thinking so much all the time? Like, why can't I say any everything as clearly as as I usually can? Oh, yeah, because I had some alcohol. But um, I was going to say with uh, with the going down the path when you start drinking and, and there's like kind of the two on each shoulder, that is, we, we did talk about that a little bit in the episode and that once you start having some drinks, like it impacts your perspective of yourself and your reality. So it kind of, it's like the, uh, uh, in power versus force, those two kind of forces pulling at each other, like, the recognition of unity, the, the illusion of division. And so as you drink, it kind of like accelerates you towards that. And so all of a sudden your thoughts about what being something is, you know, as you said, like being the great Scott, isn't so much about, you know, letting go of the idea of yourself. It's how much can I be the right idea of myself? Mm -hmm. How much can I, can I go, how much can I fulfill this and and the the peak for uh 
alcohol minded person is going to be like in comparison to everyone else? How much can I, can I prove that I'm worthy, you know, by spending money, by getting girls, by speaking, you know, in, in all this high minded stuff, like the conceptual sort of high mindedness and, and where can I get there? How high can I get? Because that becomes the desire. It's not so much about being free. It's about, you know, impressing all of all of the other people. So it very, as Ray said, it very much works against you because, you know, you have two, three drinks and you're still, still fine. And it's like, you're still aware and good. And then it gets to like three, four, five, six. And then it's like, it starts to shift into, you know, that, that exponential sort of pull where it, it gets you to think that you need to get to a place that would involve more drinks to get there would make you a better version of that. And so it's working against you in so many different ways. And that's why it's like those first few drinks are very important to keep that wherewithal. Cause then there's a shift where it's like, you're not as in control so much. And that's the shift that, you know, we've all experienced where it goes from being kind of tipsy to like, where the fuck did the last three hours go? Because it, it works as much as, you know, we're, more powerful than any of the drugs that we consume, there are certain ones that have a lot of power against us and that work directly against any mentality that we're able to embody when we're, when we don't have as many of them in, in us. And, and I think there's like, if you take, if you go from like, let's say, say taking three and a half grams of mushrooms to like five or six, like there's not a, a dualistic feeling of like, everything's going good to everything's going bad that much. Let's say that much with, the drug with drinking, there's a direct correlation to like, oh, I'm the man. My thoughts are down. This is pretty good to like, yo, you just made about six big mistakes. And I can tell you guys what happened. Three drinks in, get the bartender's number. Beautiful, beautiful Asian girl. Love her. Eight or nine drinks in. She didn't want to talk to me anymore. And now I can't talk to her. So there's a direct correlation of the, the black and white side of it. We're like that two, that first two, three drinks is I'm going to try this guys. I can't guarantee what's going to happen. I'll try to do three or four drinks, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'm trying it. Yeah. Well, that's it. Right. It's, it takes time, man. It's definitely not something that's going to happen overnight. I had to stop drinking for years. Like I just stopped. That was it. I wasn't drinking anymore. And it was just because I knew what my tendency was. My tendency was I'll have another beer or actually my tendency was I'll have another jug. Right. And so that was my life in a nutshell, but you don't have to step away for that long. It took me a while to realize that one too. Right. It really is just, just practice. That's all. And psychedelics help. Well then, yeah. Well then the next week I, I started, I haven't done mushrooms in the last until last week, like it was four or five months. It was pretty dark and I was scared. I did it and I did a perfect amount, nice one and a half grams, whatever it was. I was like, wow, this is all you really need. It's just the oneness. And it's just, it's simplified everything in a way that's like, why are you making everything so difficult? Like even when you guys, like just be like, that's really what all the, the answer is, but you make everything so difficult with trying to understand and get and conceptualize and analytically, I'm going to figure this out and I got to do this. Why does this one bother me? It's like, dude, just chill. Just come to the present moment. Like that's why for, I think for overthinkers like me, the meditation or the practice, whatever it is, it helps so much because like, I was just making shit up. This one's doing this to me on the train. I was like out of control. I'm like, wow, just relax. And just whatever gets to, and that's probably why even drinking that first couple of drinks, when you don't have that, th that voice of just criticism in your mind, it's just like such a relief. That's why I was like, I'll suck it up. I'll deal with 
people like I got to a point with drinking where like I'll just be I just accepted Scott's gonna be an asshole the last two, two hours deal with it because that first hour of not hearing my my own self oh my god it was worth it <laughs> yeah that's exactly what drove me to drinking yeah. exact same thing like just just make it go away yeah. that was it and then you're you're too deep in at that point you're like well I'm here now <laughs> fuck it what what's the difference right but it's interesting we were talking about this uh, in the alcohol episode again that psychedelics actually do repair parts of your brain that are damaged through alcohol use. I find that fascinating. Wow. Now, how, have you, how do you guys go to treating your psychedelic use? Are you treating it like medicine where you're taking it? Like, do you even have a schedule, Andrew or Ray or both of you? Or are you guys just kind of whenever you feel like you need it or is it not even that, that difficult? Well, I'll say for me that it's never, it's never a need anymore. I very rarely actually have any psychedelics or mushrooms because most of the time it's just a matter of relaxing enough and then I'm more or less there um mm. but for a while it was whenever I couldn't get out of my head like whenever I would get to the point where I'm just like Jesus I'm thinking about getting out of thinking more than I'm actually not thinking yeah. then I would go and have a I would go and have a trip and I would go for a walk and I'd spend some time like down by the river or something like that just just being because that's really it but you'll notice and and Scott you say you're a bit of an overthinker I would say the problem is that you are hyper intelligent, that you are hyper able to do things when you are faced with them. But because you have that tendency of being hyper intelligent and hyper aware and whatnot, but you lack faith in yourself, you try and see everything before it comes and you have the capacity to take in so many different considerations. But the problem comes down to the fact that you're not having any faith in yourself. That's the only reason you're trying to think about everything before it happens is to try and get some idea that you're going to be okay when it happens. But if you look at who you are, how you are, and everything you've ever done, you've always made it through. It didn't matter if you thought about it beforehand. The fact that you did is fine, but understand, I could just drop you in the middle of a situation. And I say this with complete confidence, Scott, I could take you, drop you into a situation you've never been in, in an environment you've never been in with people you've never met, and you would do fucking fine. You would do fine. I promise that you would do fine. It's just that you don't know that. And so you try to think about everything before it happens rather than just throwing yourself in and watching what you're capable of. I just got to torture myself before. For just, I just got to do the whole, the whole thing. And then the second half, I know I'm going to crush it. But see, this is the weird part. In that situation, I'm terrified of you saying it, but at the same point, I know I'm going to crush it. They're wise. They're both, right? I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. There's like this super confident dude, but then there's this guy who's like, you can't do anything. It's both, and they're both there, Always. and they're just both. Just It's just how it is. It's just, this, is, this is it. Is that normal? Always. It's both and neither. Yeah. Right? The fact is, is that you are neither a dumbass or a fucking genius. You are just what you are. Everything else is just descriptions for what you show from moment to moment. You're never the idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's that desire to try and be certain about what you are, as opposed to relaxing into the recognition that you can't know what you are. We'd rather settle upon some, some idea. Just give me any idea. Fuck. I'll settle on anything. I'll settle on a fucking shit ass person. If it's at least certain, because that's what we want to avoid. We're exactly. always trying to avoid. Dude. And this inability. is, you guys just, you guys just, you're, you're going through my turmoil in, in fucking quick succession here. I got to figure this out this whole last two months. Like I was so certain, like I'd rather be that, the great Scott, who's literally a fucking jerk off, like not a nice person. Every time is an issue. Then be 
uncertain with who you are. What are you, a podcast? Are you a money-making guy? Like, what are you, Scott? You can't figure it out. That's like, what? There's nothing to figure out. I know I'm saying it. I'm going to forget it in two months anyway. It's just, yeah, you are. Yeah. So am I. That's the whole yeah. point, right? And it's really not about ever getting to it once. People make that misconception. It's just like trying to be happy, right? Like, I'm just going to get it. And that's it. I can't tell you how many people have expressed to me like, but I've, I've had this insight before. It's like, yeah, keep having it, right? Because what you're doing is you're working against conditioning that you've been reinforcing your whole life. So that insight, it's going to tear the bottom out from that conditioning, but that conditioning is going to come back up again because it, it habitually does so. So you need to keep having that insight, not repeating it, having it, genuinely having the experience of it. And that's different than just reading it. That's different than just saying the words. It means you have to question that idea of yourself, even when it feels good, even when it feels good. And this is why for me, when I was waking up, the biggest thing for me was need. I, I watched my need in everything I did. Am I just trying to feel in control? Am I just trying to feel valuable? Am I just trying to feel like I'm likable? Am I just trying to feel certain? Am I just, it was all need. And what I found was that most of my thoughts were just me trying to self-soothe. That's all they were. It was just the need to feel better. And once I gave up on, on having to feel better, I got better. That sounds very simple. Because like after my aunt passed, whatever, we went through, and the, the whole situation we're drinking, I went through the, I was like, I want to be a schedule. I don't, none of this matters. And I went on that, that edge of like, let's just, let's just be, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, take mushrooms, you know, whatever, just do it. And, and like that answer, I was like, this isn't quite the answer. And I promised myself this year, I'm like, you're just going to like try to make somewhat informed, rational decisions. You know, when you want to read, read, when you meditate, meditate. Hey, don't be so hard on yourself with that. You have to be up for it. Just wake up when you wake up. You got to, and like, it's been so nice. It's, but I still sort of know I'm being a little productive, but I feel like you need that as a human to like, just, just, you're not being totally useless, but you're not being totally like ultra regimented. Cause I feel like that's for me, what, what breaks everything is the scheduling and this, that, that, like you have to, you have to be this whole thing. And again, it comes back to like the throwing yourself in the shower. So I could tell myself at the end of the day, well, you were a successful member of society. It's like, fuck that. That's freedom, man. Right yeah. there. That's freedom. But, and, and balance and having that and not judging it along the way, your, your idea of balance isn't the reality of balance. Balance is what happens sort of naturally when, when you're free, when you don't cling to so many things and so many needs, or even, even the need to judge how you did throughout the day, like the idea of needing to feel like you're being, you know, making progress or, or being productive. That's, that's something that isn't necessarily a bad thing to feel, but there's, you know, it, it isn't necessary either. Like you can, be making progress. You're always making progress, quite frankly. And, and you don't have to remember all of the insights all the time, like actually being willing to let those go and having the faith in yourself that, you know, they're still in there is where freedom lies as well. Cause if, if you start having insights and then you're like, fuck, I have to remember this one. I have to remember that one. You start like shoving them in the file cabinets. Like those things are going to get pretty full pretty quick. And then you're, you're, cutting down on your ability to fully experience where you're at if you're trying to hold on to some of the insights as you go just so i think there's a there's a knowingness that they're all in there they've always been in there the entire spectrum is in is in there as ray was saying before that you know the great scott to the asshole to the nice guy to the meditator to the all of it 
is always in there, but none of them are solely define you. It's like you have the potential to to choose any of them, to be any of them in any given moment, but you don't have to cling to any of them as, as being you. And I think that's what a lot of people fall into is this desire to define themselves. Like, well, I, I have to define myself in some way. And if I can't define myself as this, then I must be this. If I'm not this, then I must be that. Like, what if you're none of them? And, yeah. and with none of them with the potential to be any of them in any given moment, and there being nothing wrong with being any of them, there's just, you know, awareness and sensitivity and, and empathy that you bring into every situation that kind of informs the decisions that you make, but it doesn't have to cut you off from fully experiencing that entire spectrum. And freedom is the willingness to experience that entire spectrum with eyes wide open without so much hesitation for what it may mean about you or, or fear that is created through thinking that one side of the spectrum is better than the other. It's just being willing to ride that without so much hesitation and, and fear for what it may mean moving forward and just having those eyes wide open as you go. And I think that middle spot is what, you know, the religions would have picked, pick your poison, whatever the stuff is, the, the ecstasy, the bliss, the, the, the chew as the Chinese would say, whatever, whatever you want to call it. But that's what we're trying to do. But I think in that point is so much creativeness. Like I've been just, when I just, I was like, I just want to, I'm in the young mood, youngian mood. I'm going to read some young. I'm like, all these crazy things are popping up and I'm not even trying like, wow, this is, this is the archetype of here. And I'm doing, it's like, it's just like, everything's been lifted almost. And it's just like such a beautiful thing when you could hit that spot. No. And I, but I guess accepting that you, you won't always be in this spot is part of this journey as well. And gets you closer to that spot. That's the funniest part about it. It's so interesting. Like the harder we try, the farther we get. It's like the uh, the story of the Kung Fu student who went to his master and said, how long will it take me to be a master? And the master said, 10 years. And the student said, well, how long if I work twice as hard as all the other students? And he said, 20 years. Right? Because you're not in what you're doing. You're trying to get to the end result. Right? It's in what you're doing that you find that potential. All of a sudden, time expands. Five minutes feels like an hour. Right? And it's because you're actually in what you're doing. You're getting everything you can out of your existence. And it's for that reason alone. Right. But this is why it's important to recognize that you're going to go up and down. You have a part to play and it oscillates back and forth and you're going to have different perspectives of that part. But as long as you keep it light, and I mean that on both sides of the fence, because it's one thing to beat yourself up and then after the fact go, yeah, OK, well, maybe maybe I did the best I could. You know, that, that, that's fine. Show yourself a little empathy. That's almost easier than when you're at the top of the pyramid and everybody's looking up at you like, well, you're so amazing. Even then you have to question yourself. You're like, just, no, I'm not. I'm not anything you think I am. I'm not anything like what you perceive me to be. I'm not even what I perceive me to be. And so you need to consistently, no matter what the idea, whether it's negative or positive, whether it raises or lowers your value, just hold it lightly. Don't attach to it. Don't think it's real. That's the whole point, right? You can use it. You can experience it. You can learn from it. You can do all of that stuff. But the minute you say it has anything to do with you, you're going to dwell on it. And it's going to take over your life. And it's because you've actually decided, no, nope, that's me. That's part of my journey. Yeah, it's 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 a willingness. That willingness to let go of the positive idea informs your ability to, to experience less weight when people perceive a negative idea or not get so caught up in that. And really, because 
when you're clinging to the positive idea super tightly, it, it's like there's a resistance to the negative idea. And then when you're experiencing the negative idea, there's like a resistance to the positive idea and the the potential of that being the truth also. And so I think all of this, as we've been talking about kind of with the spectrum of everything, it's just experience the expect experiencing the entire spectrum without so much resistance just allowing it to be and and in your experience here now being where you're at and and that allows you to experience the spectrum with eyes wide open as soon as you're experiencing the spectrum with an idea of what you think it should be or being on one end of the spectrum thinking that you should be on the other or being on the other end of the spectrum and and fearing that you might be on the other end of the spectrum it's like there's this resistance and and any time that desire or expectation or fear or worry or concern steps in it's like you know a veil on top of your experience and it, it kind of dims the light to your experience of just being where you're at and fully experiencing from you know one end of the spectrum to the other and that that creates the sort of spiral is the resistance to where you're at or the clinging to you know on the high point you know that clinging to the high point because there's a degree of resistance to letting go of that. You're like, I'm way up here. I don't want to be down there. Like you don't know what down there is going to bring. You don't know what down quote unquote down there is going to inform. And so the spectrum gets less about up and down and just, you know, a variability of your experience, understanding that there's information on, on all of the ends. And so uh, with everything, it just comes down to that lack of resistance to where you're at, what you're going through, whether it's internally, emotionally, psychologically, your experience or externally, you know, your environment and what you're going through, that lack of resistance is what allows you to continue on and, and continue on in that flow of, of reality without so much opinion and judgment about it is, uh, is I think what a lot of it comes down to, at least certainly in, in my experience going through it. <laughs> No, I can't agree more. I think that bringing that awareness in just because that's sort of what I've been doing. Like if I just don't worry about doing things, if I just have the most energy to be aware, what happens? All of a sudden you're making the unconscious things conscious. And then from there, you're unveiling another piece that like it does everything that you were trying to do by just being like all the, like I was trying to study all the Carl Young stuff. And then what is the unconscious? And how do I get in my shadow? That's like, oh, if you just like, what does he say? He says, when an inner situation um, is not made conscious, it appears outside his fate. Well, oh, okay. That means pale, peel down the onion. You just got to keep peeling and keep peeling. And all of a sudden the, the walls just, are here and maybe next week I'll be in it and I'll be clinging. But then I'll remember this conversation. I go, oh, okay. Bring it back to being. It's just that it's simple, but not easy. Well said. That's actually something we've said numerous times here in the community. It's simple, but not easy. And you will get to the point. And here's the fun part about all of this. You're going to crawl your way out of this. You're finally going to get your balance, your sea legs. You're going to find like, right, I can dip in and out of that no problem. I'm good either way. And then you're going to start looking for ways to go back into it. You're actually going to go out of your way to find things that frustrate and challenge you and put you in that place again, but you're going to do so willingly for the sake of figuring out the triggers you haven't addressed yet. Because you'll see them popping up from time to time. And it's hard to deal with them when you're feeling comfortable and very confident. So you'll go into situations that are uncomfortable where you have to face that uncertainty again. And you'll do so willingly with a great deal of enthusiasm, regardless of how hard they are, because you realize that you're growing each and every time.
And, and I would say that even, I don't want to use the, yeah, a little brave, just a little braver and a little more courageous to go into it. That's what I feel like with this. I'm like, okay, you've already, you keep doing this cycle. It's like, all right, you're, I feel like I was the narrator of this. I was like, I'm watching this asshole do the, all this stuff. Let's just try it again. Let's try to just get to reset it. That's the best part. You have to re- reset every day. It's, the, it's great. Yeah. It's the attitude of bring it. You know, I, I always mention this uh, moment from the movie Forrest Gump where uh, Lieutenant Dan, who has lost his legs, has lost everything, including where he thought his life was going because he saw himself dying as a war hero and that whole thing. And he's basically just coming out the other side of depression and hating his life and all that. And to get to that point, he ties himself to the mast of a ship up at the top in the middle of this brutal storm where he could easily die. And he's having his moment with God. He's like, you call this a storm? And, and that's, that's how you have to live. You have to live knowing that like, the worst that could happen is that you perish. Everything else is just growth. Everything else is just strength. And if you know that, then yeah, that courage comes right through. Yeah. And I think in that understanding, going into things with eyes wide open, knowing that they mean nothing about you, like yeah. being able to let go of holding so tightly to that idea of you, the story you tell yourself every single day, understanding that no matter what happens, what highs, what lows, that none of them mean anything about the reality of you. They, they build the idea, they inform the idea, but that idea is not, not the reality of you. You are not what you think you are ever. And so knowing that going into every situation, there's so much more willingness to go in head first, go in and just see what happens because it's for the experience. And without so much weight of, you know, what the impact's going to be or what the outcome's going to be of any situation and, and therefore what it means about you because you see yourself as an idea and therefore, you know, your value fluctuates and can go up and down depending on what the outcome is, how other people perceive you as, as you're able to let go of that, or at least not hold on to it quite so tightly. There's an ease that comes with walking into things and, and trying new things. And, and that goes hand in hand with freedom. But in letting go of the idea of you, you have to relax into the reality that you can't know what you are. The reality of you is uncertainty. And in uncertainty is freedom. And in freedom is always going to be uncertainty. You can't be certain in freedom. Certainty is just another comfortable prison. Whereas freedom is, is being willing to be okay with the reality of uncertainty whether, you know, what it means about you, the the idea of you, what the outcome may, may turn into, what it may lead to is like, if you can be comfortable in that uncertainty, then, then you'll be good. I think that's how you turn all this talk into like real wisdom. And then, then you get to Indra's net or synchronicity and just understand like everything's happened for a reason. And then like, you know, did you ever guys, I was, I was reading about synchronicity and how everything's always connected. Like, did you guys hear the story about, uh, the Frank Baum, the writer of The Wizard of Oz, like the how it happened on set. Okay, I'll tell you quickly. Um, he was helping direct the uh, the Wizard of Oz movie, and what he did was he had an issue with the coat, the coats that they were wearing. He said, "Listen, I don't like these coats. I want you to go buy new coats at the at a, a thread shop or something." I had a coat just like it that I'm thinking of, but I can't. I threw it away. I don't know where it is. What happens? The costume director shows up. They went to whatever with a random coat on the inside of it's written 
L. Frank Baum, the author. It was his fucking coat that he was thinking about the whole time. And I was like, holy shit. That's not like a, a folklore. That's like a real story. I'm like, holy shit. The, the coat that this guy was thinking about, somebody was just saying like, this is the right side. And I don't know what that means. I don't know who's saying it. It's just how things are so like, whatever, whatever the bullshit is, the science behind it. But it's just that whole idea that there's no way to know how good or even bad or even judging anything is at the moment. It's just like mind blown and just like, but being okay with that, like, yeah, everything will be all right. Just because of the way the world is. Yeah. And it's interesting because at the retreat, we were talking about it in terms of timing. And lately we've been talking about it in terms of synchronicity and flow and, and all of that fun stuff, because all of this is you, like all of it is you, not what you think you are, but the reality of you, which is everything you're, you're the universe aware. And so everything is perfectly appropriate to the story that you are participating in. Everything is, is appropriate to your experience, but you can't see how appropriate because you're fixated on yourself. So you're not actually looking at how everything else is appropriate to your story. You're just focused on how you feel based on the story that you're attached to. So it's impossible to see synchronicity while you're thinking about the illusion of yourself. But once you stop, or rather as you stop, you start to realize that everything is perfectly synchronous. That's really the only insight is that it is all appropriate to you, to your story, that it always works out. This has got to be probably one of the most, I don't mind blowing insights that I've had since the retreat. And I've had this insight numerous times over 20 years, but it keeps deepening. Relax. Everything is synchronous. The timing is perfect. The only thing that you might lack at any given point is the clarity to see it or the or the wherewithal to appreciate it and participate in it. But at the retreat, it was so interesting, Scott, I wish you could have seen it. I'm looking forward to when you do come to the next one. It was so interesting to just walk around and watch how my role at the retreat was dictated moment to moment to moment just by the needs of others. I didn't have to worry about what to do. I knew I'd end up where I was supposed to be. And the conversations were seamless. It was dead on. But I want to go back quickly to something that you were saying, because I think it's really important that our listener take this in because it's something that people don't often consider to be courage. And it is. The fact is, is that you just had a couple of months of your life. And I've been talking to you for a while. You've had quite a few challenges over the last year or so. For Dude, sure. I, I couldn't remember. I forgot about the mugging. I got mugged. People got canceled. It was like one thing after another. And with work being, listen, I always make money. Let's just say it was very difficult to me. It was like a very stressful thing. But again, that's because what, what I was seeing was being illuminated. But yes, yes, very difficult. And in that position, though, it's even more difficult to stop yourself from thinking, I got to do more. I got to be more on top of this. I can't possibly take a break. I can't possibly pull away. And yet you did. And it takes courage to do that. Because if you don't recognize that you're not operating within your own space, if you don't recognize you can't breathe, if you don't recognize that you're not thinking clearly, you're just going to continue to do so. You're going to continue to create damage for yourself. And so it takes courage to contradict your brain telling you, no, you can't just drop the ball now. Everything's on the line and actually say, yeah, but anything I do with the ball at this point, I'm going to fuck up. Like anything I do from this point is going to end up being worse than it is right now. And it takes courage to step away and take that time to reflect. And I just wanted to mention, Scott, that it's indicative of how far you've come in your journey that you gave yourself that space. Don't judge your progress. You'd be surprised how well you're doing. Oh, I appreciate that. And listen, it, it, I'm sort of like you where it's it took a like literally bashing my head truly against the wall to be like, listen, that, and that's the point I came to. I, I had to tell my boss like, I have to take a week off because I can't everything I'm doing 
I'm grasping sand with every move I make with women, with my family. Everything I saw was because we, we were way past this, this conversation, but the thoughts are your reality, right? Everything I was seeing was just, woe is me? Why is this happening? Why did I get stuck with these genetics of obsessing for my father and, and all the gambling's his fault, all drinking? And you're just blaming. I'm like, just let go of all of this and just be like, just start afresh. And I know it's, it's stupid enough. January 1st, I started that, but like, it, it just gave me the cue to be like, okay, focus, refocus on your family, refocus on being there for people and just readjusting that a little bit and just do, don't do as much as you, you're doing. It just like, it gave me space. Like I have space now. I feel a little bit more flowy. I'm not there yet, but just a little bit more. I think we all have to realize what, how much some people need more discipline than others. And I think for me, having a, just a time to wake up a little earlier, that's it. Not having what I'm, what I'm leveling, just that helps. When I'm up before, I feel a little more productive. I can get to the gym. I'm not stressing. It just gave me more movement throughout my life. That's it. That's all you want. You just want to have that space for yourself. This is something that I used to teach in Wing Chun because in Wing Chun, you're teaching somebody how to protect themselves in a fight. And oddly enough, I kind of look at life that way. And it's just because that's how my life has been. It's been an uphill battle for so very long. But you know, going through that, you're always reminding them, like, you know, don't, don't judge your progress. But one of the principles is to maintain your space, that you're always maintaining a certain degree of space from your body in order for you to have that mobility, to, in order for you to even have that response time as things are popping up. And so it's so important to, re to recognize that's true consciously as well. Like if you are constantly being pushed and pulled by influences that you're not aware of, chances are you're not going to react well to something that's happening in your immediate moment because you don't have the space to do so. You're just reacting to make it go away as opposed to looking at it, contemplating, and then acting as opposed to reacting based on a previous experience, right? So maintaining that space is, is super important. It's the reason that I go for walks at the retreat. It was, it was really interesting. I think it was like day three or day four. I just let everybody know, like, I got to go. Just me. I'll be back. Right. And I just went for a walk by myself for like an hour and, and came back. And the reason was because I needed to find my own space again. I needed to stop thinking about myself in relation to everybody else at the retreat. I needed to stop thinking about what the retreat was going to do in two or three days. I needed to just clear my head and come back to what was real. So I went for a walk and looked at some goats in one of the field and there was a lumber mill and a car drove by just shit that brought me to the present. And by the time I came back, I was feeling great because I had taken off that weight. It's very difficult to go along a journey when you keep adding shit to your backpack that you don't need. I think that, yeah. And we all have that. Because I know Wang Chung is known as one of, the, one of the, the softer martial arts, but finding something that gives your life that softness. Like for me, it's walking by the water every morning. It just gives you that softness, the feminine energy, whatever nonsense you want to throw in there, just to be like, oh, okay, it's all going to be fine. Let's not, let's focus, let's relax. And let's just, let's just be. That's really just getting that reminder um, I know some men are different, but I think for me, I have a lot of that masculine energy. It's like, I need to get in touch with the, the, the arrows, the anima to be able to, to, to find that balance. So. Yeah, for sure. And that, and that's all it ever comes down to, you know, it's not about getting there more quickly than you used to. It's just about recognizing it. As soon as you recognize it, you're like, oh yeah, I can let this go. It, there doesn't have to be so often. And for me, for a very long time, it was like, you know, going back and forth between getting caught up in it and, and letting it go and, and remembering and forgetting and all that. And I still very much go through all those things. But for a while, I would I would remember and then I would think about how long it took me 
to remember or recognize it and and look back and be like, fuck, it took me fucking, you know, three months. I, I've been caught up in shit or, or sometimes it was like, oh, three days I've been ruminating on this or whatever it is. And then it's like, then you remember. But but that's it. There doesn't have to because as soon as you start judging or thinking about how long it's taken you or how how much you missed out on or whatever, that puts you right back in the in the mentality. That's not actually letting it go. If you let it go and then and then ruminate on what it means about you or even, you know, on the flip side of of thinking that you're someone who who catches it or, or isn't in that state so much like, oh, I'm I'm feeling like enlightened 90 percent of the time and, and I rarely get caught up in shit again. It's like that's going to have another whole fucking side of consequences if if you see yourself in a very high and mighty light, because all of that comes down to the idea of you. The idea of you is equally harmful on the positive and the negative. There's going to be consequences on both ends. And you know, one of the consequences of, of the positive end is the impending crash that comes with as soon as you know you or someone else questions that idea, or as soon as the the glimmer of a another negative idea comes through, it's like that is not a very stable thing. You know, the idea of yourself is like standing on a wobbly chair. Someone just comes, comes over and gives it a little nudge, gives you a little question, brings you back to earth and you come crashing down, or, you know, you could just step off the chair of, of identity, or at least defining yourself based on what you think you are. And then you're just on the ground. You know, I, I don't know, maybe that's where this term grounded comes from is from not standing on that stool of needing to build yourself up all the time because inevitably it's going to come tumbling down by people who hold on to, you know, like religious based identity, they get pissed off as soon as someone comes around and questions it. It's like, rather than just stepping off that stool, they have to defend it. They're like holding on to the top of the stool as people are like questioning it, pointing certain things out. And they're like swatting at them and fighting them as opposed to just stepping off and just like, okay. Actually, I actually don't have to be there because that doesn't actually mean anything about me. And so when it comes to any of it, though, uh, what I was saying was it's just about letting go in the moment. It's not about doing it in any speed or, or state. It's just when you let it go, you can let it go and allow it to be. And then, you know, inevitably you're going to get caught up in, in it to a degree at some point. And as soon as you catch it, you let it go as well. But it, it doesn't have to mean necessarily anything about you if you get caught up in it for a while. If anything, you know, that's awesome on you if you get caught up in it for a while and then you catch it. Like that's that's what it comes down to. But it's just catching it. That's all it ever is. And stop just p- putting so much importance on thinking like, yo, I get it. Thinking's good for like part of the day. But most of the time, it's just destructive for me, at least. And like you need it to work. You need it to analyze things. But like what we're saying is the opposite of thinking. Don't think like get your shit done. Every time I'm thinking about it's like you get more into and then you think you'll get the insights from thinking and you get so many so much more insights just from being and just sitting there and everything's coming to you in waves. Like it's, it's like, oh, my God, it's just it's just beautiful. It's just absolutely beautiful. It's interesting because. Once upon a time, I was dwelling on that. I'm like, wait a minute. I can look at something that's broken and thought doesn't work against me there. It's like, let me fix that for you. And it comes up with a great way to do that. It's only when I direct that force at the concept of myself. 
As soon as I create a fiction of who I am, that ability to fix things works against me all the time because now I'm telling myself I'm broken. Now I'm telling myself a narrative and my brain's like, let me justify that for you as we try to fix it together. Don't worry about that. We're just going to keep dwelling on this for fucking ever. And so you just have to recognize like, right, thinking doesn't work on an illusion. Thinking doesn't work when I think I'm a thought. It works against me. And as long as you know that, then it's just the process of reminding yourself that over and over and over until, until it's, it's, it's muscle memory. That's that's really it. But yeah, no, I think it's really interesting that uh, thinking is always effort, but insight is always it's always the result of, of relaxation. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier about you, Scott, for example, you're a very intelligent person, despite yourself. And that's the funniest part is that you are actually way more intelligent than even, you know, because you are still carrying the idea of Scott. And as you let go of the idea of Scott, all of a sudden, everything that you do goes through the roof in terms of efficacy and, and in terms of awareness and consideration and everything else, because you're already intelligence. Everything within you from DNA upwards, all of the cells in your body are intelligently working. You are literally the embodiment of universal intelligence moving around all the time. It's just that we slow all that shit down by trying, trying to analyze our progress instead of just being intelligence. You are a process and you're not separate from anyone else. It's the synchronicity thing again, right? It's always synchronous. You are already everything you want to be. It's just, what's your idea of yourself? And then it's just shaving that down one at a time, keeping it light. I got nothing to add to that. He said, I'm everything I want to be and I'm good on that, so. <laughs> hey man, yeah, thinking of that, I, I guess I, I thought of an analogy kind of goes back to the synchronicities discussion, but I guess synchronicities and insights kind of go hand in hand. Oh shit. It's almost like insights come from the internal and, and synchronicities come from the perception of the external. And it's all, it's all you just noticing them. And so this ties into the analogy I was thinking of. I actually said this on a, we we're talking about this on a Patreon call, but it's almost like uh, if you're looking at a window and there's sunlight coming through and you have this like blackout shade, so you can't see any of the sun, you can't see any of the sun being either synchronicities or insights, however you want to perceive them. And so the, the blackout shade is the idea of yourself, the perception of you, the, the illusion of you. And so the reality is that those synchronicities and insights are always there, but they're just sort of veiled by the perception of yourself, what you think about you that you bring into every situation. But because they're always there, as you begin to lift the veil or you recognizing synchronicities are just there when you're not thinking about yourself so much, same with insights arising. They're there when you're not so concerned with having them. And so as you drop, as you don't think about yourself or feel the need to judge yourself or measure yourself relative to everything else, it's like little holes poking through the veil of that shade. And so the sunlight comes through and you're like, oh shit, there's an insight. Oh, there's a synchronicity. It's like, no, bro. It's always that. Everything is always synchronous. It's just that we're so veiled by our idea of ourself and what that means about us. And with that comes the intrusive thoughts, comes the judgments, comes the, the opinions and preferences. And all of those things are like a veil on top of the ability to just rawly recognize reality to just be reality. And so, you know, eventually you may just fucking like do the little pull the blind down a little bit. So it shoots up and then it's like, oh shit, 
oh fuck it was all synchronous the entire time because it was all you it wasn't and when it's no longer veiled so much by the idea of you or maybe the veil you know because you recognize that the idea of you is merely a tool your identity is merely a tool it's like the veil gets the shade is like see-through now so you're mm-hmm. still able to see it but you're still you know maybe veiled to a degree and and you you fluctuate you still fluctuate in and out of that perception certainly you use the identity as a tool but they're always there the sunlight's always there it's just how caught up you are in the idea of yourself and and how you're measuring that relative to what you perceive as everything else even though it's it's all you and it always has been i think that's a great way to put it, like using it as a tool, using the persona as a tool. Like I got to go to work. All right, I'm going to put this tool on, but I'm still keeping that awareness close to me like that. I was going to ask you guys that, like that was the question I had. So you answered. We are in the, and just so people, or if you're listening, everything Andrew's saying, Ray's been lip syncing it in synchronicity with whatever. So we are fully in the fucking thing here. That's why I love talking to you guys. I don't know how we get here every time, but it's like, I'm here. I'm I'm in it. I'm in reality with my buds and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the whole point. Like how often are we just getting in the way of something that's always unfolding all the time, but it is, it's always unfolding all the time. That's why I say, you know, don't judge your progress, but that all said, I also want to mention that. And I've said this before, every layer of heaven or every, every level of heaven has its own type of angels. Right. And so what I mean is that if you were to be perfectly clear all the time, Scott, it would be very difficult for a number of people that you're helping just by virtue of who you are right now to relate to you which means that you might actually be less helpful for being more clear at this point in your journey because you have a part to play in all of this. Perhaps the stuff that you're wrestling with is exactly what you need to wrestle with for the next person who's going through something similar, who needs to resonate with you, who needs to see somebody who's conquering this as they're going through it. So it's really important to recognize like wherever you are on the path is still the whole. Don't resist it. You're you're playing a part, even for me. Like you have to understand, I'm learning a lot from this conversation. I always do every time we speak, but you may not tell yourself that regardless of the fact that it's happening. Yeah, (laughs) that's something that I've certainly uh, relaxed into a little bit more is that it's not about being fucking as clear as possible all the time, because there's going to be a gap. Everyone's always experiencing things in different ways and and they're able to resonate with people in different ways we harp on Eckhart here and there but um for me that was the first sort of spiritual book I ever read was power of now it was like five years ago or so and for me I saw a massive gap between where I was at and where he was at I did not see how and quite frankly I don't think I wanted to be where he was I saw I saw that that's kind of how I define enlightenment and a part of me was like I don't really know if I want to be enlightened that doesn't seem like very much fun and so it's not about getting anywhere else. It's not even about changing yourself. It's it's like just about relaxing into what you have always been and, and where you're currently at and not thinking that you should be anywhere else because you have no fucking idea the impact that your current story, your current experience, your current highs and lows that you're going through are going to impact all the other iterations of you people are are able to resonate with different people at different points fluctuating in and out of their own suffering their own issues that they're going through and if if you're crystal clear all the time it's very much going to limit the number of people that can resonate with you and i think that's what a lot of it comes down to is just how much 
others can see themselves in you. And that's why, you know, vulnerability and authenticity and just not trying to hide so much, not keeping secrets so close to the vest, not not hiding all of your insecurities all the time is so important because that's going to cut you off and, and cut off people's ability to resonate with you. Like that's, that's our means of connecting is through communication, a lot of times verbal, but not always. But if we're not willing to be open and honest about what we're going through and, and be okay with being open about going through the lows, no differently than going through the highs, then we're going to limit our, the impact that we can have on reality. And if you want to have an impact on people, just be yourself because you don't know what that impact is going to be. So it's not about being anything else. It's not about getting to a state of clarity, just about letting go of the resistance to the reality of, of what you are in each and every moment, about letting go of the thought that you should be anywhere else other than where you're at. And I think no matter what a person does, like, there's no way to project what you want to be seen by the person because you're going to be seen as a reflection of what they want. Like I always just see, I see Ray as my Obi-Wan. Like I, I, I put everybody in the hero's journey. I raise my Obi-Wan, Andrew's the Luke, you know, the hero's journey. It's just the main character. I don't know Andrew seem like the main character. But then I see, I know some people may see me as the hero. They may see me as the trickster. Definitely see me as Loki. But it's just like, it's just fun that way just to be on the, the, the spectrum and just like accept that. That's one thing I, I've done okay at. It's like, all right, everybody's going to see you differently because it's just their experiences being seen through you as an individual. Yeah, that's so very true. And it's funny because as long as somebody is trying to see something within themselves, they really can't see you. And it's not until they're okay that they're whole and complete in themselves that they can appreciate who you are because they're not trying to define themselves. And so I just wanted to say very quickly, Scott, that uh, the day that you can see you the way that I see you, your journey has pretty much come to an end. Oh, dude, this is kind of right, man. I love that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Scott, fucking love you, man. You got a lot going for you. I, I always look for it all day. I was like... Fuck yeah, we're we're talking to Scott today all weekend. Yeah, let me I'm, tell. I can I'm, tell you guys, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything, you guys. See. It's just problem. But eventually, we will, and it'll come up. And you just, I fucking love talking to you guys. I don't, I don't know. I just, I forget how awesome it is every time. And it's like you just jump in, and by like fifteen minute, we're in it. And I'm like, I don't want this to end, but unfortunately, it does. So only in the temporary, my friend. Only in the temporary because we are not going anywhere. I am here to stay, as is Andrew, and you know we're going to have you back on the show. You know we're going to have you for more of these conversations. But I wanted to mention very quickly because again, I, I'm old and I remember the uh, the world of terrible wallpaper that at some point somebody had just decided they were you know going to slap up on top of a, a nice paint job before that and tearing off the wallpaper and all that. That's how I see you, man. Like I need you to understand, like the house that you are. It's already built. It's perfect. You've just covered it with wallpaper over time because everybody told you you should. And so now you're learning to take that wallpaper off because it doesn't define you. And what you're recognizing is the house is fucking awesome. Right. And you will continue to enjoy that for the rest of your life. But enjoy the process of peeling that wallpaper, man, because you have eternity. Enjoy it. There's really no rush to this. And I know saying that when you're going through shit and you're suffering is a different story. I get that but you will learn from that whole process. You will continue to inform me. And as I said, at the beginning of this episode, I am an extension of you. You may not see it, but everything that you're doing is adding to the whole and I'm playing my appropriate part. So you are as much a part of dualistic unity as any of us are. 
you're as much a part of this world changing as any of us are. And there's nothing you need to do. There's nothing you need to be. You are already it. And I am very happy that we know you. I'm very excited to have you on the show as many times as we can. Um, I'm going to stop rambling and you know, telling you all these good things about yourself because you need to start telling yourself these things I'm, from time to time. You can keep going, Ray. Just keep going. I'll, I'll <laughs> sit here. I got, you know. No, thank you guys. And they, like, we're, we're really all in together. I think that's what this is so great about because like, I feel like when we come here, like we're just our essences. Like it doesn't, you guys drop, always have dropped like all of the projections on who I am. It's like, now it's just some, some Scott, just Scott, just being whatever, but not even Scott, not Scott as, you know, to play to Andrew's Instagram. It's just not, it's just the essence of us trying to figure this out and through conceptualizing it, it all comes back to being, but you need to conceptualize it to get to the being almost. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a whole system. You are, you are what you are, man. And that's never what you think you are. So as always fucking love you, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited when I'm back, I'll be back in New York, uh, probably decent amount this summer. So we'll definitely have to meet up and, oh, and dude, I'm sure we'll be in I, communication beforehand. Bro, always, always. And just thank your listeners. Thank you guys for listening to us ramble. Uh, I appreciate everything. And I'm going to see, I'm definitely going to see you guys in the Netherlands, but hopefully I can catch you guys before. So. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, if you were ever up in British Columbia, stop by the island. We will sit, we will shoot the shit, we'll smoke a joint, and uh, it'll be a great conversation. If you and Andrew end up coming up here, maybe we'll do a weekend at an Airbnb and we'll trip on psychedelics and actually have. Let me know. That's I need like a four hour heads up. That's it. No problem. No problem. Everyone, thank you for joining us. As always, do go and check out the Causing the Effect podcast. It's fantastic. And as you know, Scott is a dear friend of the community and we want to encourage him in any way that we can. So definitely check out his Instagram and whatnot. Join him on YouTube, subscribe, and we will see him next time. Thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, brothers. Bye, everyone.